Welcome to Web and Beyond Live for August 16th, 2021. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, President of W3 Consulting and Managing Director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable web and WordPress hosting, domain registration, and other web-related services for small businesses like yours. Uh, Web and Beyond Live is a weekly show about topical and timely small business, digital marketing, and related issues. All the things I'm tracking from week to week as a small business digital marketing strategist that I think you, as a small business owner, need to be successful marketing and managing on the web and beyond today. Uh, if you're joining me here live, welcome. Feel free to ask questions in the chat. I'll be following along in the chat with you. And if you are watching the replay, of course, you can always leave a question in the comments or you can uh, tweet me at uh, W3Consulting, W the number three consulting, and I'll be happy to respond to you there as well. Uh, today, we're gonna just be running through a smattering of stories. Uh, we'll start with the uh, not so pleasant ones. <laughs> <laughs> which are, of course, uh, as I noted in the title, you know, labor shortages, uh, supply chain issues, and ransomware attacks. And uh, then we'll get into a little bit more of the happy topics uh, <laughs> of the show today. Uh, so what I wanted to do was really to start off with some of the things that I have been noticing uh, in the economy as well as around the world. Um, so first and foremost, I want to give my kind of uh, thoughts to those who are um, in Haiti. Um, you know, they're, they're struggling through the earthquake and you know we have tropical storm season going on right now and so uh, my heart is uh, going out to those folks in Haiti who are suffering and uh, but at the same time American small businesses are also uh, in a state of suffering uh, this uh, CNBC small business playbook article talks about the fact that America's small businesses are finding difficulty finding workers uh, that is not just uh, it being a worker shortage, but really a an imbalance between the the right matching of those people who are qualified for positions and those who want to fill them. At the same time, workers are now in a stronger position of confidence to be asking for more money, and so that is causing a rise rising cost for businesses in terms of worker wages. And then at the same time, we have this supply chain shortage problem. And so we have kind of this ongoing problem with the pandemic. And uh, those of us who are in business and trying to find staff are having those concerns. I know my clients are coming to me with them. And I, I keep saying to them, I'm not a recruiter. I'm not a I'm not a staffing agency, but they come to me hoping that I can help them with those things. Uh, the best I can offer is a couple of things. One is to tell folks to reach out to your local workforce development centers. Uh, they're usually part of your city or county or regional governments, and uh, they can sometimes help you with things. Uh, there are all kinds of employment grants that are happening right now because of COVID-19, where there are people go going out there, uh, governments are uh, going out there and uh, giving relief to businesses who are hiring. So look out for, they sometimes call them employment opportunity grants and that, those kinds of things. So definitely check those out because those might be useful to you but then make sure that you are utilizing your network. This comes to marketing, right? Go out there and use social channels, use your email. You never know who is looking for a job unless you ask. So go out to your network and say, hey, listen, we're looking for a new person to head up our marketing or someone who can really help us uh, you know, do some retail uh, you know, uh, floor work. And we're looking for someone in retail sales uh, to do that and be willing to train up, be willing to pay a little bit above normal uh, wage rates in that particular industry for that particular position. And you might be able to pull some people out of your audience and into the store uh, or office for you. So start thinking creatively about how to market these positions just as much as you market your products and services. 
So uh, that was just kind of to start with. And, and then, of course, that brings us along to uh, some of the other ways in which businesses that are struggling uh, through the pandemic still can get relief. And so uh, recently, the SBA administrator, uh, she is a, a position within the uh, the president's, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the um, It's escaping my mind now. Uh, but either way, uh, the, the um, what is it called? The, 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 the folks who are around the president. Either way, uh, she, is, uh, she is one of those folks. Uh, and uh, so the SBA, the Small Business Administration, has recently, uh, you know, uh, Put in, installed Isabel Guzman as the SBA administrator. Either way, uh, she did a an interview with CNBC uh, in their small business playbook event uh, last week, and well worth watching this little thirteen minute video in the link. But one of the things she stressed was the current and existing SBA financial relief still available to businesses. Uh, one of those, of course, is the shuttered events operator grant. Uh, those are for live event venues, you know, stages, museums, and theaters that are still in, uh, you know, financial straits because of the situation. So that's money under the American Rescue Plan. And so definitely look into the shuttered venue venues operator grant uh, to to be able to get those uh, those funds. Also is the COVID economic injury disaster loan program that is still available. So many times when there are some kind of uh, major, you know, um, events like this, uh, idle loans or economic injury disaster loan program goes into into place while the COVID one is specific to it and is still available. And so those who, are, who, are, who have been hit by uh, COVID uh, can still apply for that program. So definitely look into that. And as well, uh, she noted all of the various ways in which businesses that are starting anew have all kinds of opportunities as well. And she talked about SBICs, which are the small business investment companies. These are companies that are licensed and regulated by the SBA, and they can only invest in small businesses, and they have to have all of these various requirements. And uh, there are upper limits in the amount that they can invest in those businesses, uh, you know, depending upon the program, but they're also very good for businesses to be able to do uh, um, that kind of work. Uh, looking at SBIR program, which is a small business innovation research program, you can look into the STTR program, there's all kinds of different ways in which you can uh, get money uh, from these various programs. So just start thinking about how do you how do you go through that program and, uh, and get those those fundings if you are new. So just, you know, while the the situation seems a little bit bleak for some, uh, remarkably, going back to the prior article, you know, small business uh, outlook is still very high. Businesses are still very optimistic. And so we have these kinds of programs coming out of the government at the federal level. There are programs out of the state level as well. So really look for those programs to be able to help you if you do need that assistance. And um, on those heels, uh, Space Force, which is the uh, new branch of the military uh, focused on uh, space, I'm presuming defense, and they have kicked off a new program uh, for small businesses and startups, and it is called Spaceworks, W-E-R-X, and uh, it's a play on the Air Force uh, program of a similar uh, sort, uh, so AF Works. And so these are um, $50 million in contracts that have been allotted for small businesses and startups to support Space Force's work. So definitely something uh, to look into if you have technology or otherwise that you're really looking for in this regard. Now, they are getting additional funds from, as I mentioned earlier, the STTR program, which is the Small Business Technology Transfer Program. And so there are all of these programs that have funds. Uh, now, the Spaceworks is doing a virtual Space Force pitch day on August 19th. So 
Um, most likely, um, you know, those who have, who have pitched are in phase two contracts with SBIR. So I'm not sure what other funds are available, but worth looking into if you have new technology and you're really looking to get it out there into the world, you may not be able to make this particular one, but it may be worth looking at for future ones. Certainly look at the Air Force Works program, the AF uh, Works program, and other kinds of programs like SBIR, SP, STTR, and otherwise. So just you know, there are funds available to help your business uh, launch and grow if you are trying to do something innovative out there in the world. Okay, so um, from uh, mixed news to <laughs> unfortunately um, really bad news is that uh, recently uh, there have been a, uh, a notable ransomware attacks and I kind of stopped focusing on them because it really, you know, it was just every day, every week, there was a new large attack. This one, of course, against Accenture, the very large consulting firm. And so they are, I think they've now just, uh, you know, ex uh, you know, acknowledged that they have been hit by this uh, lockbit ransomware gang and, and so on and so forth. But worse than that, than Accenture necessarily, is that uh, T-Mobile is currently uh, you know, investigating claims that its entire U.S. T-Mobile customer database had been hacked. And there's a hacker claiming to have that data uh, of those 100 million uh, customers and is asking, uh, you know, quarter million, uh, quarter billion dollars, I'm sorry, quarter million dollars, $277,000 USD. And so this is uh, unfortunate because it contains social security numbers, phone numbers, names, physical addresses, e IMEI numbers, which are the numbers unique to each cell phone or smartphone or mobile device that has a SIM card and uh, driver's license information. Now, of course, uh, this will hopefully be con uh, confirmed at some point as to being true or not. Uh, the reason I bring it up to you in terms of these ransomware attacks is that remember that many times you as a small business owner are holding business data on both consumer, uh, you know, lines like T-Mobile consumer accounts and um, and potentially T-Mobile business accounts. Now, when they have a breach like this, your state, I'm not your attorney, I'm not giving legal advice, but you are in that space where there are data breach laws. And so when these things happen, um, I would suggest you reach out to business counsel and figure out if you are impacted by this, were, were your customer data also included in that? And do you need to abide by that for compliance and regulatory affairs reasons, uh, you know, going ahead and letting your customers know that their information was potentially breached in one of those, uh, you know, attacks. So just be mindful that just because these things sound like they're happening to big companies, not, not, they're not hurting small businesses. Also, they're hurting you too, when your business's data, your customer's data is included or kind of bundled into that. Because if it's including all of the, say, the contact address books of those folks, we don't know what data um, currently is contained in them. And so you need to make sure that you're paying attention to this so that if you do need to do a data breach notification to comply with state law, you go ahead and do so. Okay, enough uh, of, the, of the unfortunate news and on to some happier news here uh, and uh, maybe not so happy, but at least uh, neutral. And so Automatic, we've talked about before, they are the company that, uh, that manages the WordPress.org project. That is the WordPress platform that powers uh, more than 40% of the web in terms of content management systems. So you, you likely have a WordPress uh, website or maybe one of the other major uh, web producers out there, but WordPress is the largest uh, CMS in the world. And Automatic has been on a bit of a buying spree recently. They bought a journaling app recently. They, they've purchased uh, a um, 
Tumblr in the past couple of years. They've, they've made a notable number of investments and they've recently invested in Titan, which is a business email startup. And Automatic has just recently started launching professional email services on their own hosting platform. And so this makes a lot of sense that they are uh, continuing in that space in terms of eating up some of the, the web space with WordPress and now hosting email and eating up some of the email space with this new business investment, business email investment. So very interesting to see Automatic growing their, uh, you know, growing their portfolio in this sense. And uh, we'll see what happens in terms of their other offerings. But they do offer professional email um, in their own WordPress hosting services as well. You know, in addition to WordPress.org, which is the free open source software program, they have their own hosting platform for WordPress. And so they they now extend those capabilities within their business email um, offerings. Okay, next up is uh, TechCrunch is reporting a former Snap employee group, uh, set of employees from Snap, uh, which produces Snapchat. They raised $9 million for a company called Trust. And I thought this was really, really interesting and maybe useful to some small businesses. So what, what Trust is, is basically a credit line and a card connected to a, a pooled set of resources. So what you get to do is with Trust, again, you have to, I'm presuming, get approved by them and get into their program. But in essence, if you are, say, Coca-Cola, right, Coca-Cola Inc., and you go out there and you purchase some ad buy. Uh, you know, you you want to purchase uh, stuff in a, a programmatic ad campaign, and you want to buy across many different places. Well, of course, they get huge amounts of credit limits, and they get to be able to pay on really great terms, and they get a whole bunch of data because they're accessing more. Um, you know, uh, deeper levels of those companies because of the amount of money they're spending. What Trust has done is they've basically pooled together those funds so that you are able to access that same level of ad buy uh, in terms of the, the dollar cost, in terms of payment terms, and the amount of data you get all by being a part of their program. And so if you're interested in doing this kind of investment in ad spend, then you can potentially get greater access to all of this data while getting lower buy-ins and uh, better payment terms, you know, the 45-day payment terms, which is much better than the average uh, that Facebook and, and Google ads and others give you. So very interesting. They're, they're in early access right now, so you have to apply to be able to get into the program. But if you are planning to run ads and you have good credit to be able to apply into the program, I would suggest trying it out and seeing whether or not this is going to give you a much stronger programmatic advertising uh, platform than others. So I haven't tried it out myself, but I am planning to, and it looks like a very, very interesting program. I'm just waiting for the right client who fits this criteria for being able to invest in trust. So check it out if it is something that is, uh, you know, up your, uh, uh, yard up your path. All right. Uh, next up is uh, Wix. They have launched a no-code app builder. Um, they're charging $200 per month. Wix is, of course, one of those other major platforms for building websites. And so they've been out there uh, producing websites for a very long time for businesses. And so now you can create a branded app. We talked about this in, in either last episode or the episode before about low code and no code. Well, here goes Wix coming out with now a no-code app builder. In essence, you don't need to know how to write code in order to be able to launch these apps. I said it was possible, and uh, now we are seeing one of the major providers of basically WYSIWYG web website builders. What you see is what you get website builders. Uh, they also do e-commerce stores. Uh, now they are coming out there and doing 
apps for us. So, you know, uh, there's AppyPie and there's Bubble and there's many other programs that are out there that are doing this. Wix has gone ahead and uh, thrown their hat in the ring in this no-code app builder space. So the threshold for building an app is getting lower and lower and lower. And, you know, AppyPie charges, I think, a little less than $200 a month. But for $200 a month, uh, in essence, uh, $2,400 a year, you now have an app surface to be able to be found in the app stores. I cannot stress how important it is for your business to be able to be found in places where people are looking. And the app stores are basically another search engine, uh, sets of search engines, Android, Google Play, and then uh, Apple's App Store. It's just a, another set of search engines where people can then find you. The real goal for you then is to figure out what is the functionality of that app? What is it you want people to be able to do? And so be creative, think it through. If you have questions, feel free to ask. I'm happy to bounce some ideas off of you in terms of your particular industry and, and, and business and thinking through like, what would my app do and why would it be useful to people to be able to access me? It could be as simple as communications. It can be uh, more complicated in terms of database uh, management and being able for them to update information in your database and or even making orders directly from the app. So people are buying service or product directly through you in those apps. So really consider what an app would look like for your business because that is the next frontier in terms of being able to be found by people because people are now searching for things, not just in Google for what uh, needs to be solved in terms of information, but what also needs to be solved in terms of function. And so what is the functional intent as well as the informational intent? And Google is serving that up by showing apps, right? They're, they Just like they show videos, just like they show images, just, so just like they show text and of our articles and blogs and so forth, they are now showing apps for solving problems for people. You want to be found there as well. Okay. Uh, next up is just a bit of news about the fact that Google Trends now has turned 15 years old and Search Engine Land has done this fun, uh, you know, list of the past uh, few years, uh, several years uh, beyond a few years. But the idea here is that uh, they they took the top search, trending searches uh, from 2014 to 2020, and I just thought it was fun. Uh, 2020 was election results. 2019 was Disney Plus. Uh, 2018, the top search result was World a uh, World Cup. Uh, 2017, Hurricane Irma. 2016, Powerball. I'm presuming the movie. Uh, 2015, Lamar Odom, uh, the uh, gentleman married to one of the Kardashians, I believe, uh, and then Robin Williams in 2014. And of course, he um, died by suicide, unfortunately, in 2014. So interesting to see the historical Google Trends data, but also a reminder to you that this is a, a treasure trove of marketing information that looking at Google Trends really helps you understand what types of trends are happening in and around search as it relates to your business. So if you are not using trends, trends.google.com can be really, really helpful in terms of understanding what's going on out there in the world of search. Uh, uh, also, I just wanted to make a note that Google Podcasts, Google has put out new requirements for being able to be shown in podcast recommendations within the app. And so this is a little bit different than what you might think. Uh, so Google Podcasts is an app that is on Android devices. They're also available on iOS devices. And Google Podcasts is a, a podcast app. It allows you to listen to podcasts. Of course, discovery is always going to be a concern when it comes to being found as a podcaster. And Google, uh, in their, you know, uh, 
good nature, basically displays certain podcasts that they think would be useful to people. And they show that in their recommendation engine, they show them on the front page when people log in, and you can see these various podcasts that they say, Oh, well, we think you might like this. Well, the important part here is that they have put in new requirements to appear in that recommendation page where they recommend recommend those things. So the new requirements starting on September 21st, 2021 will be that you have to have a valid crawlable image. So the image that displays for Google to be able to show an image of your podcast cover art must be valid and crawlable. You can't block it. You can't put it behind logins. You can't do any of that stuff. Okay. If you want to be shown in the podcast recommendations, uh, you must be um, you must have that crawlable image. You have to show a description that accurately describes the show. Valid owner at email address must be shown. That's typically shown within the podcast feed. Uh, then you have to have a link to the homepage for the show. That means you need to link to a page where the show discusses it. It doesn't have to be its own domain or anything like that. But there has to be a show that obviously navigates to a page that talks about the podcast. And then you have to have the podcast author's name that doesn't have to be the owner of the podcast. It just needs to be the name of the uh, podcast, the author of the podcast, not the owner of the say domain or anything else like that. Okay. Or the, or the Google podcasts account even. So, you know, cause there are podcast networks and that kind of thing that you might be a part of either way. Those are the five new requirements. Note that this does not affect your ability to be in the Google podcasts app at all. As long as you have a, a all the requirements set and, you know, a secured that is HTTPS podcast feed and you validate with all the podcast validators, you will still be syndicated into the podcasts app. Just be able to, but being able to be able to found, being able to be found in the recommendations part is what Google's um, new requirements are uh, pushing forward. Okay, so it's just cleaning it up. So people, when they get a recommendation, it's actually going to look good, right? They don't want it to look bad. Um, and then finally, just two quick announcements. One is that Salesforce has done for the past seven years this uh, marketing trends report, and they call it the state of of marketing, and they've put it out recently. I have not had time yet to read this. So maybe I'll read it uh, this week and uh, report on it next week, uh, perhaps if there aren't more important or pressing articles, but uh, they they did note right here on the, the sign up page. So I highly recommend you know, you sign up and, and download the, the report if you're interested in this, but they, they noted um, five different statistics that I thought were interesting. And they said 66% of marketers expect revenue growth this year and beyond. That is incredibly strong optimism. 90% of marketers say 2020 upped their digital engagement. This makes total sense. And so if you're a small business and you're not thinking about marketing, then, uh, you know, that's fine. But if you are thinking about marketing your business, which I presume is most of you, digital is uh, is really important in the overarching scheme. 75% of marketers now work and collaborate from anywhere, it says. That means that more and more marketing is happening with a distributed team. Really important to think about how a distributed uh, team is working to market the business. Next, marketers expect a 40% increase in data sources by next year, meaning that more and more of the data is going online and they're getting access to that data. That is incredibly interesting to me and I'm looking forward to seeing what they mean by that in the report. And 70% of CMOs are redefining success to match company goals. I think that COVID-19 included with digital transformation is really pushing forward in the way in which people are thinking about the business goals um, to be made and how they can actually define success with better business metrics. And this is probably the, the line that's being pushed forward. But again, I'm excited to kind of look at the report and get some more underpinning behind that. And then last but not least, is just a quick announcement that Stripe hosted a 
a virtual conference in essence. It was a free conference. And it was very interesting because it, it has a whole bunch of sessions. You can register for it for free and watch all of the, the events now recorded. They're available on demand. And you will see in here some very interesting ones on conversion optimization and just very interesting insights into the Stripe platform, unifying payments between uh, you know in-person and online events and all kinds of things that you're just, you know, might be interesting to you if you're doing international uh, work, looking at the international payments, uh, you know, landscape, just really interesting things coming out of Stripe sessions. So if you're interested and you have the time, I highly recommend that you set that you, um, you know, set some time aside and watch some of the sessions that are important to you. I know that I really enjoyed a lot of them and got a lot of value out of some of the sessions, especially on uh, payments and uh, conversion rates among those in the payment space. Okay, um, that brings us, of course, to uh, near the end of our time together. And so I want to just thank you for spending this time with me today. Uh, of course, if you've enjoyed the live stream, please feel free to hit the thumbs up icon and hit subscribe uh, so that you get notified when we go live in the future. Uh, of course, clicking that thumbs up icon helps us make new small business friends. So thank you for doing that. If you have a question, leave a comment or you can tweet or message me, as I said at the beginning, at W3, the number three, at W3 Consulting on Twitter and the rest of the socials usually, but at W3 Consulting on Twitter will usually get my attention. Uh, join us every Monday, typically at 11 a.m. Eastern, unless we otherwise note it that we are going live at another time because of holidays or other kinds of things going on. Uh, thanks so much for spending this web and beyond live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of W3 Consulting and our subsidiary W3C Web Services. Have a great week ahead marketing your small business on the web and beyond.